0: Welcome to Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing. Your host is Jackie McLennigan. In this program, we'll show you how to make your marketing plan work by helping you stand out and become a bigger player in your industry. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jackie McLennigan.
1: Hello and welcome. So today we have a very special guest. They're usually pretty special, but I think this one's extra special. <laughs> um, it's a very good friend of mine and a massive success story. Her name is Megan Harrison, and she has been doing stuff that is quite mind-blowing, if you ask me. She's just a uh, she's come from come really far, done a lot of great stuff. She's helping a lot of people, and her platform is growing exponentially all the time. So I'm very excited that you're here. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Today, Megan and I are going to talk about online course creation, which she is an expert in. And I think that's a really pertinent subject because this podcast, if you're listening, is the place that you want to be if you're an author, speaker, coach, or small business owner who's looking to get a lot more exposure. And I think, and Megan thinks this as well, that there's nothing that can get you farther faster than online courses. Wouldn't you agree with me, Megan?
2: (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, I don't think there's a faster way that you can scale your business besides taking or creating an online course out of your expertise.
1: I know. You help a lot of people, and you're doing a lot of uh, Facebook Live and coaching. and How did you get into this? Why don't you just let's start at the beginning? How did you get into the online course creation business?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess it really started, I came from a background of corporate, a uh, hospital administration, so very different. And kind of just had, like, that entrepreneurial kick. I just really wanted to start my own business, but I didn't know what it was going to be. And so I started learning about, or I first came in contact with online courses because I found them when I was trying to start a business. And because of these courses I was able to take, I was able to, like, learn what I needed to learn in order to leave the corporate world and start my business. So Mm. I know. I know, like, the the power it can have not only on the business owner's side, but also your students that you're teaching. Like, it it really can be a transformational um, experience for both sides.
1: Yeah, and I know that you go, you do a lot of of courses and you're an advocate for learning just for yourself personally, so you do walk your walk. I love that. Um, You mentioned that online courses are one of the faster ways, and you said something about events too, which do you think is probably... Would they be the same? Would they be different? What's your thoughts on that?
2: I love them both. Um, I like combining them into a sales funnel. So utilizing live events, either as a way to kind of get people into the funnel for creating or for them purchasing your product or program, or you can do it the other way around where you add a live event to your online course. So incorporating that live component um, just makes your course even that more more attractive. And really, online course or live events have a really high perceived value because I think people just really are craving that live interaction and face-to-face time. So if you say you have a $2,000 program, and with the price of that program, you also get to attend the annual live event. Um, that just makes that, that $2,000 price ticket seem so much more attainable, like Mm
1: -hmm. an awesome deal now. Yeah, I love that. So you were in the corporate world, and you were, did you say you were working kind of administrative roles? Is that what you said? Yeah, hospital management. So um, the financial side
2: of hospitals.
1: Oh, wow. And do you think that that had a lot to do with the fact that you're able to be really organized and put content together? Because I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people. They want to put courses together, but they're like, how do I do it? Right? Do you think that was (laughs) sort of a like, how do you help people with that? What do you, what's your take?
2: Well, after doing this in the Times, uh, I really came up with a framework uh, that I've named the Results Center Training Formula. And I think the main goal of a course should always be to deliver on the promise that you're saying your customers will be able to achieve by taking the course. Mm-hmm. So in order to achieve any results, what's really needed is you need your customers to be able to take action. So by structuring your course all around taking action rather than information, that's mm. how you, it, it really simplifies the process. Because a lot of times people will think, okay, well, I want to create a course. And then they start thinking, well, what's everything and anything that I know that I can put in <laughs> this program? And that just kind of becomes like this inflated encyclopedia without really any in, like structure or format. And then it just gets overwhelming because you get kind of lost. Like, you don't have a roadmap for yourself. Um, and then if you're getting lost, then your your customers are definitely going to get lost as well. Oh, yeah, so instead, for sure. So, yeah, instead, just think about what is everything my customers need to do in order to achieve the results? Hmm. And then those main actions become your course modules. So if you can really drill it down into, like, six main course action steps. So we need to be taken... And then from there, you can ask yourself, okay, well, what's everything my customers need to know in order to take that action? And that's when you can bring in the information, but only when there's a clear purpose for it. Yeah, I love that. I love that.
1: So what do you think some of the challenges are that, because I see a lot of speakers and coaches and and they have, so much information and they don't number one they don't have it organized so that's just a you know we're in overload with information right now but what are some of the other challenges that you think people are having when they're trying to get that course out there?
2: I think it's just not knowing like where to start really not having a step by step process is probably the most challenging again synthesizing the information I think is always going to be the most difficult because you have what's known as like the expert's curse when you know your content so well that it's kind Mm -hmm. of difficult to remember what it was like to be a beginner and go back to that state. Mm
3: -hmm. But you really have
2: to be able to do that if you want to be able to give your customers everything they need to know in order to achieve that result. You need to remember what you didn't know when you started.
1: Mm, That's a really good point.
2: Yeah, that would be one challenge, and then, of course, the, the next one would always be the tech side of things would be the next most common challenge. Is there is, it's not as hard as people make it out to be, but um,
3: mm-hmm. so
2: in the beginning, it seems somewhat overwhelming to just figuring out like, how to do your email automation and your payment processor and your membership site that, that can show um, people up a little bit. Yeah,
1: I know. I love that. Well, it's it's true. I love what you just said right now, where people have that. What do you call it? Experts curse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, experts curse. Yeah, you're thinking, who would want to know that? That's just so basic. Who would want to know that? And I was uh, talking to this woman, and she's just starting off her stuff, and she's so charismatic, and. She's just a great girl and she's out there and I said something about a Facebook group and to me that seems like of course you would know about Facebook groups and it was actually really uh, mind-blowing and beneficial and transformational for her because she started to build that platform and you think sometimes that these things are just so obvious. So that is a very, very good point. Yeah, Your
2: entrepreneur, oh go ahead, Go ahead. no, no, you go ahead, I just, and once you live in that in your world, you feel like everyone knows what you know or because you're you're hearing this information all the time, you think everyone else is, and then you forget that it's just like such a small fraction of the percentage of the population that mm-hmm. understands the level that you do. But it feels like everyone does. So it feels like well, everyone already knows that it's not valuable, but that's not true. Yeah,
1: I think that's probably because you uh, go into the same groups of people like you or, you know, so you can talk in your industry with people and you think, well, no, everybody knows this. This is, this is everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, you just signed up for the same email list. So you're like, oh, there's another course on that or there's another person talking about that. It's just because you're all like in the same, you're a click kind of, you're click of the world.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love that. So when you started off on your entrepreneurial journey, did you feel that you, um, was it, I mean, because you paved this path. You basically, I know that, I know you personally, and you've been to Tony Robbins, and you go to Infusionsoft conferences, and you go to everything that you can to, to develop your own skill set. How did you come up with your framework? Like, was it trial and error? What, what did you do? Uh, yeah, pretty,
2: one, pretty much one step in front of the other. Um, I just, I pay attention to really where the needs are in the industry right now. Um, in the beginning, it definitely was just, I was doing anything and everything I could to start my business. It didn't really matter what, what the work was. You know, when you first start your business, you're like, I can do that, of course. I can do that too. <laughs> and you're kind of like, uh, your skill set's like the kitchen sink, like anything and everything. And then you realize like in order to really scale, you have to begin to niche down. And so I went from like, I'll help you with social media and their website design and their marketing automation um, and then more just just to the website uh, design, marketing automation strategy, and then just really starting even further into online course design and development. And along with that um, is product launch management. So first, how to design the courses and actually develop the courses and then how to sell your course because that's an important part. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've made this great course, but I don't know how to get anybody to know about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the next challenge. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Besides getting exposure, what are all the benefits of
2: having your own online course? So, Besides getting the exposure, I mean, the number one benefit is that now you bring in a business model that's not dependent upon how many hours you work or where you live. So it Mm -hmm. really once you can eliminate those time and geographic barriers, Mm -hmm. you have unlimited potential to scale, which is huge because time is the most valuable resource we all have. Um, It's so limited that Mm -hmm. you really want to learn how to leverage it to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the number one, I think, obvious, at least obvious to me benefit. Uh, Secondly is that when you do have an online course, it really does almost immediately raise your authority status. So as long as it's not horrible, <laughs> so as long as the content is good and people are able to to like get results from it, it's like when you when you write a book and as soon as you have your own book and you can add author to your title, you're immediately, you're immediately like legit. So that's kind of how an online course works as well. Once you have your program out in the world, people uh, look at you a little bit differently and look at you more as as the expert and. A higher authority status, which then opens up a lot of other business opportunities. So maybe your goal isn't even really to bring in the revenue from the course. It might be then to filter them into higher level, like co consulting or to get speaking opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. That so, would be another really big byproduct of it. And then third is when you, when you do have an online course, online program, that you can sell at any time, you are able to form really strategic partnerships with other businesses and entrepreneurs because now you can partner together and offer them an affiliate program or an affiliate commission. So if they help promote your course, then they get a percentage of the sales. And so now you're invited to be on more podcasts or mm-hmm. attend speak at live events, um, things like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love that. Um, I was going to ask you something. Oh, yeah. Um, so you're talking about, just to circle back a little bit, to adding things like author to your, your title, and and then you said, as long as the course is good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that a lot. Have you seen any good, fun examples that you can share, of, and we won't say any names, but any, you know, maybe bad <laughs> courses or things that just didn't work, and maybe give us some insights around that?
2: Uh, I think the biggest mistake... I don't even know if it's necessarily going to be considered bad, but Mm -hmm. it's just creating a program that people don't want. (laughs) There's just Mm -hmm. not a need for it. So maybe you think that there's a, you think it's a great idea and you think this would be really a profitable course to create, but when it comes down to people actually getting out their credit cards and paying for it, it just doesn't happen. And that's such a shame because it's not an easy process. Like, it takes a lot of time, energy, to money to invest into creating this. Mm -hmm. So you just really want to make sure that you validate your idea first. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be the first version of bad. The second is when you you don't follow a process. You don't have, like, a particular structure for how you're giving your course content. And it just, it doesn't make any sense. People are lost. Mm. They don't consume the content. And, I mean, yeah, there, there's been plenty of examples of that. Like, I've taken a few that I've bought. I've worked with a couple clients that just didn't validate the idea. I don't really know why they even created the court or why, where they thought about it. But mm-hmm. we were hired just to do the design and development, not any part of the strategy side of things. And while I was even creating, I'm like, I don't even know who their target market really is like they keep trying to tell me but I'm still not getting it like it just doesn't make sense people who want to transform
0: (laughs) transform
2: okay
1: (laughs) too big I love that that's so that's really interesting um I see that too you know especially as an entrepreneur myself and a creative professional we get these ideas in our head and we think that is brilliant. Everyone will want to know how to do this. This is the greatest thing ever. Um, How how do you go and keep that enthusiasm, but then, like you say, validate the idea?
2: It's really by knowing your customer and talking to them. So one of my clients um, is Ryan Levesque, and I I don't think there's a better strategy than what he teaches with the ask method. Mm -hmm. And it's really Figuring out exactly what your customers want by surveying them. Um, And he goes into a lot more detail about it, and I won't do it justice to explain it, but uh, (laughs) one of the ways that he teaches is by creating a quiz. And by creating this quiz, you're able to learn so much more about your customers than just a general lead magnet where you get their name and email. And then Mm -hmm. from there really able to focus your marketing messages around what their real pain points are. Mm-hmm. But the best way, like, it doesn't take any tech or any, like, complicated system is just to talk with your customers and schedule for your potential prospects, people that fit your ideal target market, and schedule mm-hmm. calls with them, even if they're free in the beginning. Um, and just figure out, oh, well, why do you want to do this? Or what's holding you back? What obstacles are you facing?
3: Mm -hmm. And the best
2: way to find these people is Facebook groups. it's funny, like you just talked about that earlier, but joining (laughs) Facebook groups where your target market's hanging out and then just listen. When they listen, just read the comments and see where people are struggling or see where they're getting stuck. And then when you can interject and help, then be helpful and answer the questions or give them resources or advice.
1: Yeah, I I think it's funny how misused a lot of Facebook groups are where people just go in there and they're like, buy my stuff, (laughs) Mm -hmm. buy it, here's my thing, I'm not going to read anything, but buy my things. Um, I go into Facebook groups just to try to be funny sometimes, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's helpful, but I get a good time out of it.
2: (laughs) Of course it is, your laughter is the best medicine. (laughs)
1: That's awesome. Um, So... The, you were when you say Ryan Levesque was one of your clients. You built out all of his um, landing pages strategy. What did you do for him?
2: Yeah, we created the Ask Method program, his Ask Method masterclass. So it helped with the content creation and with studying at Membarium and the actual course platform. So it's been a huge success, and it's been really yeah. fun to watch uh, <laughs> just everything unfold.
1: I know, that's massive. If you guys are listening to this, or the people who are listening to this, obviously you are, um, that is massive. To be somebody who's putting together uh, a course and content for somebody like Ryan, Megan, that's amazing because I know that that launch did ridiculously, millions of of dollars ridiculously well. So I think that, you know, good for you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's all Ryan. It's all his content. His team is amazing. And the philosophy that he teaches is just really awesome I think he was successful no matter what he did now
1: I'm giving you all the credit so this is (laughs) (laughs) no I get it I, I get that he has some amazing stuff but I still think I'm still thinking that's right on you do amazing work so you should be proud of that fact for sure
2: thank you I appreciate that
1: So we're just going to take a short commercial break here. And uh, listeners, just so you know, I would like to do one quick shout out to the Pure Potential Speakers Retreat that's happening October 21st to 23rd. Go check that out at purepotentials.com. And we'll be back in a few minutes with Megan Harrison talking about online courses.
3: comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network there are two types of leaders in business those who are nice compassionate people and frankly they are the people who fail to get a lot done Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Do you find yourself working tirelessly to keep your business going? Are you finding out that you don't have time for family, friends, any kind of personal life whatsoever? It's time to stop feeling trapped by your business. Tune in to Reclaim Your Freedom with host Shirley Dalton. You'll hear from guests that will help you work on your business instead of constantly in your business and get your life back while the business keeps running and humming. Reclaim Your Freedom airs live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes, How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You're tuned into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing. To reach Jackie or her guest today, we invite you to call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, send it to Jackie M. at purepotentials.com. Now, back to Extreme Exposure.
1: Welcome back. I'm here with the super successful, super awesome, my good friend Megan Harrison, who is an expert in online course creation, and she has been helping all kinds of people, small business owners, big name gurus. She's who you want to talk to if you're really, really wanting to get serious and put that online course, take it from out of your head and get it into the world and start to make some residual cash (laughs) and also inspire a lot of people with your message and your experience. So I'm glad that you're here. Um, We were talking a little bit about what I was calling bad courses, and Megan, I like that you were saying it's not really bad. It's just <laughs> you're being more positive than me. <laughs> um, it was talking about you know not having your course idea validated and making something that you uh, you think is a good idea, but there's no need for it. And tell us a little bit about. I know that that's bad because you don't you know you know you don't make any sales. <laughs> and that is my dog. <laughs> Welcome everybody. That's Pablo Picasso. Sorry, I brought, had to bring him in. Um, what about uh, how long would that take, and what is the ramifications of actually creating something that has no value in the in the marketplace per se, monetary value?
2: Well, the ramifications of it would be that I mean, it's just very discouraging invest all that time, money, and energy, and then not be able to see an ROI on it. So, yeah. I guess it would depend on how much time you've invested into it. But usually it's pretty, pretty substantial. By the time you film your videos and record your videos and create your sales pages and send your emails, it can, it can take a lot out of the business and just, like, your overall confidence. So mm-hmm. not a good yeah. strategy
1: no I I actually I'll tell you a a story about my very first online course that I created (laughs) it's a good story actually so um I was I run trade chosen events and I had this wonderful sponsor out of Grand Prairie this magazine sponsor and they were going to bring in Jack Canfield well they did bring in Jack Canfield to be their keynote speaker and they paid him a pile of money to come and I was lucky enough to be one of the breakout speakers at the very same event so it was really I mean this was a big exciting deal for me because it's not that i was on stage with him but i was one of the speakers at the same event and so i had a very primed audience this live event was there and i was thinking grand prairie if you don't know where that is in the world it's this small place in canada and it's nowhere near where i live so i had to deliver something to them that was virtual obviously <laughs> so i went to the to the venue and i pitched my my uh, offer and I sold 50% of the room, which is amazing. I was so happy. I'm like, yes, I sold my cars for like to 50% of this room.
2: And then I went home and I went, I don't have a course. You had to create it from scratch then.
1: <laughs> oh, but you know, it was so funny too, because, oh, the things that I did, Megan, I, um, what I did is I just put on a go-to, webinar, and I recorded it, and that was, uh, you know, several years back, so they hadn't gotten their video capabilities all that well, and so the first group of people came and listened, and when I did the recording the t- audio was compromised. It was just garbled. So there was nothing that there, and I had to redo it. And I was scrambling through technology the whole time, and I was I had no email delivery marketing systems in place. So although I did sell half the room, I never leveraged that course at all, and I took it and I threw it completely out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you can bring it back to life. Maybe <laughs> bring it back to life.
1: But it's all the mistakes that you're talking about when you're working with your people, right? Like I didn't have any of the systems in place. I worked way too long because I wanted to give them something good. So I started doing a lot of personal stuff with them. So I wasn't leveraging Mm -hmm. my time, mostly importantly. But anyways, that's my bad, (laughs) my bad course story.
2: We all have them. It's okay. (laughs)
1: Um, The other thing I wanted to ask you about is creativity in a course. How do you really stand out in that area? How do people stand out?
2: With the creativity side of things?
1: Yeah, like how do you make a course that, you know, is really pattern interrupt or people really want to sink their teeth into? How do you be creative with it?
2: I think it's am like baking in elements of your course that really keep people engaged. So just <laughs> leveraging basic human psychology by having, like, the need for completion and curiosity or just competition. And when I say those things, like, the need for completion is showing, like how far they're progressing throughout the course, or mm-hmm. um, competition by having a leaderboard or a point system within the program. So you can incorporate like quizzes and badges and gamification within your online course. You can also give points for how many times or how many videos they watch to really keep people coming back. Mm-hmm. And then I think the most powerful thing that you can do is foster and create a community within the program because once you do that like people they're there for life like that's what so many people want is just like that that need for connection is the strongest human drive that we have so if you can pull that and bake that into your program then you're good to go
1: oh, i love that i think that's those are amazing tips um i know that these human drivers and this is something that you're very passionate about and you study a lot of things. Um, you wrote a really great blog on your website and you were talking about, let's see here, um, uncovering and transforming limiting beliefs. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your take on that and how people can do that?
2: Okay. I mean, I it is fascinating. And I guess I came in across this concept when I went to Tony Robbins' seminar on the Power Within. Mm-hmm. And limiting beliefs are really... There are beliefs that we have so ingrained in our thought process that we don't even think of them as actual beliefs. We think of them as, as facts because to us, they are facts. And mm-hmm. I guess the best way I can explain it would be to explain how I kind of figure out some of my limiting beliefs during that seminar. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that they worked on is, is figuring out what these limiting beliefs might be, even though you don't think you have them. <laughs> and he, what he says is if there's an area in your life where you don't really feel like, you're where you want to be. It's uh, so usually because you have some type of like limiting belief that's keeping you where you are. And mm-hmm. one of mine, when I was, was there, that I uncovered, I was like, well, I don't really feel like I'm where I want to be with my career. And I w- would love to start my own business, but I thought of myself as a very scientific, analytical type of person, like um, mm-hmm. the left brain type of person because I was always good at math and science and finance, and I thought of entrepreneurs as being really creative, almost like inventors. Like you had to be this right brain creative type of person in order to start your own business. Mm-hmm. And once I realized that I felt that way, then you kind of you turn that around and you make it an empowering belief. Uh, We're changing it from, I can't be an entrepreneur because I'm not creative, to changing it to Anything I have put my mind and focus on, I've always been able to achieve because I've never been scared to work to work for it. And mm-hmm. really drilling that down, almost like into an un- like a subconscious level. And it takes a while because you can't just say that a few times and believe it. You have to actually <laughs> like believe it to your core. And you've been working on that limiting belief and ingraining that in your system for however many years. Your li- your however many. Years you have been this earth, so it's going to take <laughs> a little bit. But as soon as you do, it's amazing how quickly things can happen. Like I left that seminar, I said I'm going to start my own business in six months, and I was in the corporate world. I had no idea what my business was going to be whatsoever at all, and it was amazing. I was writing a blog like a year later. That might be the one that you're talking about, but I didn't even realize it until I was writing it. It was um, exactly six months almost the day that I put my resignation in at work. And when wow. I realized that I got goosebumps, I'm like, no way. <laughs> it was March, March 13th, I think, was a seminar. And then I put my resignation in right before Thanksgiving, which is in November. Um, obviously. <laughs> 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 right? Yeah. Well, really cool. in, in the States, <laughs> it's a little different here, but that's cool.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh wow. So that must have been strange. Like, did you cause you weren't even thinking about that. You just put that that belief in your head and then when you looked at the calendar, you were like, what? I can't believe it.
2: Wow. Yes, it's almost like magic. I think once you once you declare something, once you make a decision, uh, you, you, your brain subconsciously really works towards achieving that goal regardless if you are realizing it or not. Um, another thing Tony Robbins talks about a lot too is it's just like it's now in your focus. And so if you see a car that you... That you really, really want. Now you feel like you see that car every day, all the time. It's not mm-hmm. that there's a million more cars or like a million more models of that car created and just put it in front of you. It's just now you're focusing on that. So new opportunities and new strategies and new ideas,
1: mm-hmm. they,
2: you're just more aware of them and then can then take advantage of it.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's crazy. So, um, it said, or you said that you don't get it all at once. Basically, you just got to keep practicing. What did you do during that six months to really stay focused and motivated? I
2: think, I think coming up with your why is the biggest thing that you can do. And I know a lot of people talk about that, but I still think that most people, they don't get enough of a solid grasp on why it is that they really, why they really want something. And a lot of times I'll talk with prospects or since the clients, I just feel I'm coaching and asking people, like, why do you want to create an online course? Or why do you want to do this? And a lot of answers will be, well, I just really want to help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And or I want to make a bigger impact. I'm like, right. okay, well, that that's great. But I think most of us, as long as you're a good person, want to help other people. As like <laughs> our, our natural instinct to be altruistic and to help follow humanity. But that's not going to get you up early in the morning and stay up late at night and through all the adversities that come along with whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, helping a lot of people, I'm sorry, like as great as that may sound, it's not going to do it. So you have to actually be honest with yourself. It's like, why do you want this? And I don't care if it's because you want to go buy five Chanel purses or you want to go travel the world. Like there isn't a thing as like selfish reasons, but whatever it is that drives you be honest with yourself about that. And then that's what's going to get you excited.
1: Ah, so. I love that. I just got goosebumps over my whole body. I yeah. love that. I think that that is really real. And one of the things that I enjoy about you so much is that you are uh, you know, you're successful and you're doing all this stuff, but you are real, you're vulnerable. And I've seen this in you a lot of times. And I think that that's one of the things And I was talking to one of my last guests about one of the challenges with entrepreneurship is that we position ourselves and we don't allow ourselves to be real. Oh, everything's perfect. You know, <laughs> I only want to help people. That's the only thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah. no, we, want, we want to do things because it's like you say, we have these human needs. We we are different from apes. I watched this documentary because we want to teach and we want to share. So we do have that within us. But we also want to have fun and excitement. And, and everybody has a different value set. And for me, I know I'm highly motivated by um, fun. <laughs> And so, traveling and having uh, a business that allows me to do that is a massive why for me, you know? So, I
2: love that. Yeah, I mean, so, I love that too. I'm very much just being like, I I could go to different conferences and networking events, like high level masterminds all day, every day, and yeah. I would just be so happy. That's not uh, cheap <laughs> at all. Oh. I, I know. But looking at my uh, taxes right now, how much spent on traveling and the flights and the hotels and the conferences are like $2,000 a piece. <laughs> you need to have a business to support that if you want to do it. Yeah, and, you do. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like Wanting to grow and expand your horizons and want to surround yourself with people that inspire you. Like, uh, money is the quickest way to get there. It yeah. allow you to do that kind of stuff. And I really think money is just... The amount of money you have is in direct proportion with the value that you provide to the world. So if mm-hmm. you're able to provide more value... I think you will have more money. And that's one of the reasons I feel online courses are just so profitable is because what it's doing is it's really allowing you to leverage your expertise and provide that much more value. So instead of serving one or two people at a time, you're able to serve hundreds or thousands of people at a time, which yeah. then yeah. equals more money because you have more <laughs> value to give. I know, and it and
1: it touches on all those things that you're talking about. You get to have your own why. You get to help people, and you get to let people be part of that community, which I know that you do a great job. Do you have where? Just tell us. Do a quick shout out. Where do you uh, do all your Facebook lives, or where can people start to get to know you a bit? Just because we're talking about that.
2: Uh, the best place would probably the uh, free Facebook group, which would be online course online course mastermind. But if you sign, if you go to my website at Megan K Harrison, you can sign up for any of the free content I have there, and I'll have links as well on my site for the free Facebook group right. as well. Oh, good. Okay, so
1: that's Megan K Harrison. Yes, Megan K Harrison dot com. Megan K Harrison. Megan
2: Harrison was taken. Megan <laughs> Harrison Gonna get name. And, and my you can Christina. So it's not just pretty. <laughs>
1: Awesome, but there's also you can see on this page if you're uh, if you're on Voice America, you can see Megan's information there too and her bio as well. Um, I want to add on this because I know that I know you, <laughs> and you were talking about um, how to keep yourself motivated, and I know that you said come up with your why, but I also want to point out that you do take educating yourself very seriously and you invest in your own development. So not only do you create courses and help people create their courses, you also consume them and you go to things. So uh, why is that an important thing for you besides just loving it? Because there must be something that fires that up for you.
2: Yeah, it's so important to say relevant and to stay on top of what's going on within your own industry because at the speed of which things are changing especially with technology you want to take a sabbatical for six months you are going to come back and everything is going to be different um, <laughs> so knowing the best tools out there knowing what strategies are working there's fundamental things that it's just they'll always work because they're just off of just like human psychology but then there's so many tools and technology, resources resources that we can utilize. Um, just really staying on top of what's going on with the world is important. And there's always different ways that you can you grow personally. I mean, like speaking and public speaking is one thing that I'm working on a lot because I don't think there's a faster way to get your message out there than to start doing public speaking because so many people are so terrified of it. <laughs> there's
0: a lot, a lot
2: of people that won't do it. Um so, yeah, so that's a challenge, but, like, I think challenge is exciting. Yeah, I love that. And I know
1: you're also, you keep good care of yourself. Like, you take care of your health, and I know that's really simplistic, but I know that that's a value for you. And I think that, and I 100% believe this, it might make some people pissed off, but to be a successful entrepreneur, you actually have to take care of your health. <laughs> yeah,
2: and <laughs> I, to be honest, I did let that go, Um when, like, when I first started my business, it was really hard to balance that uh, until you realize that you crash and burn as soon as you, <laughs> you stop taking your nutrition and sleeping or you
3: yeah. stressed
2: out all the time. So, you re- yeah, you really do have to pay attention to that. The best way, like, the easiest way for me to do that is get that done first thing in the morning before anything else can consume your focus this that time when you first wake up to really take care
1: of yourself love it love it we're going to go to a quick commercial break we're going to come back and talk some more to megan harrison and if you want to check her out go to megankharrison.com and she's got lots of cool free stuff we'll be right back
0: time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you feel overwhelmed by money? Not how much you have, but how to talk about it? We face financial decisions
2: every single day that can change the game for us. Listen for Making Money Fun with Shanna
0: Tingem. You'll learn more about what you can do with your money and ultimately what it can do for you. Don't cower under a rock about investing in personal finance. Talk about it with your family, your friends, and more. Listen every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel.
3: The business community's first choice in internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network.
0: you are tuned into Extreme Exposure, the power of personality marketing. To reach Jackie or her guest today, we invite you to call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, send it to Jackie M at purepotentials.com. Now, back to Extreme Exposure.
1: Welcome back. If you're just tuning in now, I'm talking to Megan Harrison, who's an expert in creating, helping people create online courses and product lo- product launches. <laughs> I could get that out. Um, <laughs> I can say it. We've been talking a lot about, you know, overcoming the limiting mindsets or limiting beliefs uh, to actually, put something like this together because it's not easy to create an online course. I mean, it's it's not. It, there's some diligence mm-hmm. and it's not easy to be an entrepreneur or a speaker. So we all know that. I like that Megan's very upfront and honest about that. We were talking a lot about the, the framework and how you could put a course together. But I know one of the challenges that we sort of glossed over was that technology aspect. How do people overcome that? I know you said it's not as hard as they think. Like, wh- How would you tell people you can do
2: this. Yeah, you know, there's um, a workflow that I found that works really well for creating your your course content. And there's like five main steps to it. Every course is going to have the same the same type of content, regardless of what it is. And that's going to be your video lessons where you're actually teaching the content. And mm-hmm. then you're going to have worksheets and PDFs and action steps to go along with it. So then that gets your your customers, your students, actually engage and um, implement what it is that you teach. So mm-hmm. the workflow that I recommend people follow is the first, cre- figure out what these worksheets are going to be. Create the worksheet. Mm-hmm. Step two is then going to be to script your videos, your video lessons, then recording your video lessons, and then um, creating the slide decks, and then recording the slide decks. And you combine those, the audio and the slide decks at the end, which I'll explain that in a minute when I get more into that. But we'll go back <laughs> to the beginning. Um, so starting with your your worksheet. So this is where you're really figuring out what do my customers need to do in order to create or in order to implement and take action in what it is that you're teaching. And putting mm-hmm. that into a checklist or a step-by-step guide or a cheat sheet um, or a comparison chart really helps them be able to visualize that information and remember the key points of what it is that you talked about within your, your lesson, and mm-hmm. so you have to be able to create these worksheets. And my favorite tool, especially for people that aren't necessarily designers, they don't know how to use a real elaborate design tool like Adobe InDesign, is something that's called Canva. So mm-hmm. C A N V A dot com, and it's a website that really makes the design process super super simple. They already have layouts created for you. It's completely free unless you want to pay for their images. Like they have images that you can purchase for a dollar each. But other than that, you can create everything for free and create these really professional-looking PDFs there. And I have a training like training videos that will walk you completely completely through this on my blog. But even just playing around with it, it's so much simpler than most people probably think. And then mm-hmm. from there, you now need to your video lessons um, you don't necessarily need to script them out verbatim but I always suggest the least outlining like a very thorough outline um, and then recording recording your video lessons on your computer and again it's really simple when you have the right tools so there's two, tool, tool, two tools that you can use mm-hmm. either ScreenFlow or Camtasia and those are systems that you just download on your computer that allow you to not only record yourself, but record your screen as well. So you can re- simultaneously record your audio, even record yourself with the camera while recording your screen, within that be 5 presentation or a uh, demonstration of how to use something on your desktop, like actually using it.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject because I want people to, to hear this really cool thing. Um, I was using... Uh, kind of screen capture software that wasn't very robust and I was doing uh, interviews and I was using GoToWebinar, which you could share your screen and have a split screen. And I was actually interviewing Megan (laughs) on video and I was having major technology breakdowns and she's like, you need to go and download ScreenFlow right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been using it ever since and that was a really helpful tip. So I did appreciate that. Anyways, carry on. ScreenFlow is
2: awesome. You were using snag it before right snag it.
1: yeah it wasn't working it was I mean it's great for screen capture but I think that's its main focus yeah. I don't know what that
2: issue is like I've used Snagit, in some in the beginning it worked awesome like, I was more for like just doing short little screen captures on my computer but then all of a sudden it started crashing all the time kind of like when we were in yeah. an interview so yeah. I, instead, I just don't use it but yeah the <laughs> so screenflow and Camtasia, they're very inexpensive and totally worth the Oh, a yeah. small investment that they are, and the last piece is recor- is creating your slides, your slide decks to go along with your your audio, and that could be using something as simple as Google Slides, which is free, or Keynote, which is free on your Mac if you have a Mac, or if not, there's of course PowerPoint, which is almost identical to Keynote, whatever your preference is, mm-hmm. and c- creating the slide deck that goes along with your your video, what you're teaching, so you don't want to have your video or your your lessons to be just audio because it's not as engaging. Uh, A lot of people are visual learners or they at least like can remain more focused when you have visual aspects of the program. Mm -hmm. So I always recommend having slides as well.
1: Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, for sure. And um, Google Slide, is that what you said? Because I've never even heard of that. Is that, that's like PowerPoint?
2: Yeah, it's, It is. It's Google, like, you know, Google Docs or um, Google Spreadsheets, their version of Microsoft Word and Microsoft Excel. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Their version of PowerPoint. Um, And so it's so simple to use. It doesn't have, like, as many of the crazy features that PowerPoint or Keynote might have, but you can create really professional-looking slide deck and slide presentations in Google Slides.
1: I love that. I think that's awesome. So, th- yeah, that's some great stuff there, just to get the course uh, created and organized. Um, what is the process that you do? Tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do. What what kind of courses do you have? How do you help your people do this? What's your process?
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think there's three main phases of the course creation process. Phase one is your content, like planning and structuring content creation. Step two is the technology side of things, actually design and developing your site and technical implementation. And then phase three is your sales funnels and your marketing strategy. So I structured my services kind of fitting each of these main phases. So phase one, the content creation, I have my own online courses and programs called Online Courses Academy, which is a, a like from A to Z step on how to create your own, own course. And then mm-hmm. also a, another program that is called Course Master Plan, which really helps you get everything out of your head and structure your course into a specific format that proves itself to be very profitable um, from the clients that I've worked with. They pretty much all followed this similar framework. So I put mm-hmm. that into an online program so that anyone that's not really ready for the technology side of things or the sales funnel side, they can take those, those programs and be able to create and structure the course Mm -hmm. and get it out into the world. That would be awesome
1: because that that probably helps a lot of people feel like it's not such an overwhelming process.
2: Yeah, I think the the number one reason people feel overwhelmed is because they try to bypass that step where Mm -hmm. they're trying to just jump into filming their video lessons or (laughs) building their sales funnel and building the membership site without having a solid plan in place. And that's like trying to build a house without a blueprint. Like it's going to crush and (laughs) crash. Kind
1: of like my experience where I sold the course, didn't have the course, crashed all the technology. (laughs) I wouldn't know anything about that.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, that could still work as long as, like as soon as you go to create it, you're like, okay, what's my my course structure What's the outline going to be Yeah, well, where were you then, Megan? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) And then, then move on to the technology side of things. I think it's the, the biggest mistake people make is they get so held up and stuck at like, well, how is this all going to work? And I'll be on a call. I'm like, okay, well, do you have your content created and your, like your course outline? Like, no, I just want to figure out how the technology side of things is going to work. i like, that doesn't make any sense. Like you're not <laughs> there yet. And by the time you are there, once you get all your content created, it's probably all going to change. So don't worry about that. Like I like, I've had to do this for myself because I say I'm a learning junkie, is to develop this mindset of just-in-time learning. Like, what is that, the Kaizen model or just-in-time inventory, where you only bring an inventory as soon as it's needed? Well, only put things <laughs> into your brain until it's needed, because otherwise you're just going to go on completely, like, overload mode. And you can, there's so many things you can learn, but... Instead, focus on what is my next act. What do I need to do right now in order to move me to the next step? And only learn what you need to learn for that piece of it. If you follow that, you're going to get to that end result ten times faster than anyone else that's jumping around and learning a bunch of million different things. Yeah, just-in-time learning, that's a good philosophy. I recommend everyone to on. Love it. And then the marketing
1: strategy, how do you help people with that?
2: Well, we do other Infusionsoft campaign build so actually how to build your scaled funnels and do the, all the automation pieces of it, how to actually like, create your email marketing system and plan out the strategy of how you're actually going to sell this program, as well as product launch management, where we'll actually partner with different companies and take their cores and build a strategy on how to bring it to market. Yeah. So that would be phase two. Oh, and then phase three, or phase two, we skipped over that one. Um, that's where my design, my agency, my design and development um, team and myself will actually design and develop courses for science. So wow. we went to 132.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm going to give a quick recap. You gave so many good tips here, you know, starting off with just even the basic foundations of mindset, you know, uh, come up with your why, what excites you, what gets you out of bed, educate yourself, keep yourself relevant. I love that. Take good care of yourself as an entrepreneur. Um, You were talking, and I love this, about how to really leverage your time and your expertise by creating those online courses and that it's not as hard as you think. You can get help and you can get that out there if you have a correct framework which really relies on you delivering on a promise and helping your clients take action versus dumping information on them, (laughs) which sometimes Mm -hmm. I like to do. Information dump. Um, If you're getting lost, this is what you said, and I'm going to quote this, but I like it. If you're getting lost, then your customers will get lost. And that is really important for people to know. So I, I appreciate that. Um, taking the six main action steps of what's going to get your client to a desired result. And that is the core outline of a course. And what happens is you can get rid of the time and geographic barriers by having these courses, raise your uh, status and authority, um, parlay into speaking opportunities and coaching deals and create those strategic partnerships. So that's some amazing reasons why you should be doing an online course. (laughs) I I think it's really important too that you were talking about validating your ideas Um, and follow a process have a a process and keep your clients engaged so what else is that did I cover pretty much
2: the main ways of doing this? Yeah you did a great recap it's really (laughs) just taking putting one foot in front of the other and just knowing like the potential that really does exist with this so it's definitely worth it the time investment to get your message out there and your expertise that's something i think everyone should look into i agree megan's done this herself
1: her courses are very successful she's helped launched people to success she's helped already successful people get even more successful (laughs) so i really recommend connecting with her she's a wonderful human being a brilliant businesswoman and i really appreciate you being on the show today and sharing all this stuff with us megan Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, lots of fun. So check you out at MeganKHarrison.com and you have the Facebook Live group and you can also go to purepotentials.com to check out upcoming speakers retreats and to rehear this interview and all that good stuff. Megan, once again, thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Extreme Exposure, The Power of Personality Marketing. We're here live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Your host, Jackie McLennigan, can't wait to bring you another show next week.